Welcome back, scoundrels, to Horror in the Hills. I'm Bran. Robbie. Sarah. And this is Movies with My Monsters, where me and these two youngins watch horror movies, and then we talk about it afterwards. So what did we watch today? Deep Red. It's a little bit older movie, isn't it? I don't know. Did it seem like it was an older movie? Yeah. Based on film quality and stuff? Yeah. It, 1975. So this falls into a subcategory called Giallo. What's that? Very loosely, they are Italian-made horror movies. Usually follow a similar pattern to this. Usually, there is some outstanding ones, which we might watch at some point. But most of them follow this mystery thriller with some good gore. So... What are you guys' initial impressions? Uh, I was really confused. Yeah? Yeah. I couldn't really figure out for, try and figure out for myself who it was till like, like midway through. And I didn't even get it right. <laughs> we'll get back to that. We'll circle back around. What about you, Robbie? Uh, I was trying to figure out who it was the entire time. Yeah? Yeah. So what did you think about the movie specifically, though? Did mm-hmm. you think it was okay? Was it good? It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did you not appreciate about it? Uh, the amount of gore. I thought you liked gory stuff, though. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But it was paced okay, you didn't find it boring? Yeah, yeah. That's good. I kind of like these movies. My favorite one that I've watched so far is Tenebre, from, uh, directed by the same guy. It's very similar in style, but that's me personally. This one wasn't too bad. Since you both have already traveled through that, um, who did you suspect? Uh, the girl's father. Because she said he was a little crazy. Oh, that's who you went to? Mm-hmm. What about you, Robbie? I expect I did it, it to be Carlo. Carlo? So you were close, right? Yeah. Carlo or the nanny or whoever it was, that, that person who uh, said that uh, that one guy I was wasting in all the water. Oh, the cleaning lady. Yeah. Why did you think it was the cleaning lady? Because her and uh, the one girl that wanted to work with, that one girl who arm wrestled the guy. Uh, Gianna. And Gianna and her were the only two people in the house. We didn't even see Gianna go to that house, though, did we? No, but... No, it was um, the lady who lived at the house. Did you get them confused, maybe? They did look really similar. So, who did it end up being? Uh, Carlo's mom. mom. Did you guys catch that in the beginning? No. No. No? Did you remember it when it got back to the end? No. No. No? I saw you. Were you just shocked at who it was, or what? When? Uh, when it revealed who the killer was. Because you reacted to it. No. 
No. I didn't catch it the first time either, but I was also reading or something at the time, so I wasn't fully paying attention. Maybe I was playing some dumb flinging birds game. Mm. <laughs> but I did pay attention to it this time, and you do see her in the mirror when he first walks by. Uh, I knew it wasn't Carlo because when we see see her her walk out of the building and she walks by Carlo. Mhm. Mm and Carlo never wears or isn't wearing the correct clothes. Yeah. And he was with the main guy when there was the first killing. Mhm. Mm Which is what makes Mark, the main guy, realize that it wasn't Carlo also, right? Mhm. Mm I I didn't pay much attention. I should have. Maybe next time I watch this, I'll try to remember to pay attention to see if she's in the background anywhere following Mark. Because you see that she is taking out people who could suspect her, right? What did you think of the mystery in this movie? The whodunit aspect? I think it was good. Yeah. But like I said, I couldn't really pick anything up till like halfway through to try and figure it out. I think the movie also does a pretty good job trying to set up this idea that it can't be a woman. What do you think? Yeah. Mm. No? You, you disagree, Robbie? Yeah. Because I also thought it was uh, the person who arm-wrestled him. Mm -hmm. Because like, she was talking about a story at one point. What, kind of like a wife on screen. She was just, uh, just doing it, it to get the story. Mm. Well... I'm not going to, I'm going to retract that a little bit. I'm not going to say it did a good job setting the, that idea up, but it was trying to make you think that, no, this is definitely a man doing it. Because they kept referring to the killer as a he and talking about the differences between men and women, right? Yeah. And, oh, I can't think of any other real specific examples, but there's a few of them throughout the movie because in the moment I did think of them. Which brings us to, what did you guys think of the arm wrestling scene? That, the lead up to the arm wrestling and the whole thing. Uh, I didn't really think it meant anything till you brought, brought up, up, up how it set up that it couldn't be a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think anything of it. Um, it made me think about, well, let me, let me not tell you, let me ask you questions rather. Did they struggle against each other? Yeah, yeah. So what was the argument before that? That women were weaker. Right, and then they get into the arm wrestling match, and what happens when they're following the rules? They start struggling, and then she wins. It's fairly balanced and equal, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's something to that. We'll get to that in a second. Does she win on her own merits, though? Her own merits. Her own capability? Uh, no. I couldn't and catch if she was cheating or not. She lifted her elbow off the table, which when you do that gives you gives you a slight advantage over the other person. So, well, um, let's finish this up. Does that just mean that women are going to cheat to get their way, though? No. No. No, because he very easily could have cheated to get his way, too, right? Yeah. So, it, it's giving you a physical representation that there are balances between men and women that there are ways when we where we offset each other and things seem equal. Because equality doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's the same, 
some people are better at sports than other people, right? Yeah. But those people who aren't as good at sports sometimes are better at artistic things, right? Yeah. Like drawing or music or whatever. So the, those things balance, end up balancing each other out, right? Yeah. And it creates a kind of equilibrium. Uh, what else was I going to say there? Oh, but does that show us, maybe give us some insight into her character? Uh, I'm not sure. What do you think, Robbie? I'm not sure either. It can. It can show us that she's willing to do whatever it takes to get ahead to achieve the outcome that she wants, right? Right, yeah. Which, you know, if, if it mattered in this movie, would be a bigger clue, but it kind of does, because when you think about her maybe being the killer, she's willing to do whatever to get what she wants. And she wants to be a successful journalist. She's maybe not as ambitious as Gail Weathers is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, I guess. Do you guys have anything that you want to say at the moment? No. No? Here's a fun question. Which death did you find the most disturbing? Carlo. Carlo and Carlo's mom. Mm. I closed my eyes for that one. <laughs> I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And it does show a little bit of it, but not a lot. So what did you find disturbing about Carlos? Uh, it reminded me of this one Viking TV show where a guy's head gets smashed. Yeah? Is that something you were watching with Mommy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, like, all the deaths in this, they don't pull any punches really, do they? No. No. Not like in Scream a little bit after the first one? They don't really show you anything, yeah. but like right from the start in this, they show you the cleaver going into Helga multiple times, and Helga falling onto the glass, she cuts her throat, right up to Carlo getting run over by a car. Yeah. So like, all the deaths were pretty intense. I would, especially considering 1975, I mean, Scream didn't get that gory, did it? Yeah. But... This movie was toned down on a lot of other things, right? Yeah. Like, what are some of the other areas where it wasn't as graphic with things? Uh... Was the language pretty mild? Yeah. Yeah, because there wasn't a whole lot of cussing. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of even reference to sex. Like, Scream's pretty heavy on that, right? Yeah. So that goes back to that equality that we talked about a little bit earlier, where to get more gore, you have to take these other aspects out. And even though this is an Italian-made movie, they still have their own rules that they have to follow. And for that movie to show in America, <clears throat> they have to follow American guidelines. So in order to have more gore, you cut down on cussing and sexual reference or outright sex. But if you want to have more of those other two things, you have to cut back on the gore or the violence. So in cutting back on gore could be you can show the death happen, but no blood. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. Were there any other parts you found scary? No. Robbie? Uh, no. No. Hey, for, hey, we've gotten some pretty intense stuff already right from the start of you guys watching movies with me. So, <laughs> this movie was pretty mild. But for some people, that scene with the dummy, and uh, sometimes things take a little bit for it to settle in and for you to really be affected by it too. But, like, there's some people that were really affected by the dummy. Because 
the way it's framed, most of the time things happen in the center of her screen, right? Yeah. But that dummy comes out from the other side where people aren't expecting it. And there was no musical cue for it either, was there? No. no. What actually happened there? I the music don't. stopped. The music stopped? <laughs> uh, something with the music. I don't understand why they put the music in when he was searching the house. Just the, the normal score music? Yeah. Just to have music. It, it, it stood out a little bit, I think, maybe for you, because a lot of times that music will still happen in movies, but it'll be a lot more subtle, so it's not as aggressive and in-your-face about it, but it's still there a lot of times. You're just not noticing it because we're so conditioned to this more subtle musical cues. But then again, horror has kind of a history of telling you how to feel with the music more abruptly. What did you guys think of the music in general? Uh, it was really loud. I liked well, it. Besides that, that's a matter of the speakers and having yeah. to have it a little bit loud so that way we could hear people talk. I don't like jumping around with the volume because it's distracting for me trying to watch a movie. But did you find the music enjoyable? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like. It. I really like this music. I think it's fun. Um, there's another movie by Dario Argento, who's the director of this movie, and he uses the same uh, band to compose the music. Their name is Goblin. Which is cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of cues that I could pick up that are similar, but I don't. I'm not sure how much of it is the same or very similar. Bird. Notice, do you guys have any questions about anything? Anything you want to cover? No. There's one thing about the music. Mm hmm. So, when the music was, if the children singing in the beginning with Carlo, when he was playing the music, when his mom stabbed his dad in the back, mm hmm. That, that music. I noticed that it was the same music that the mom put up against the, the door or something in before she attacked people. Mm-hmm. That's you're right. Um, it's kind of meant that way, as like she's attached to that particular piece of music because it's ingrained in her psyche because of the, when she killed her husband. So it's kind of. Like she's reenacting it sometimes almost. Does that make sense? Like when she goes to kill people, she gets stuck in this loop of that moment, potentially. But um, a lot of movies around this time and in the 80s do similar things with music or specific things that relate to the killer that they're uh, really attached to. Even now, we're still trying to understand psychology and how the human brain works. And it was even newer at this point. Like, uh, Freud's one of the earlier people to do it, Sigmund Freud. And he was like 100 years ago or so, maybe a little bit more. But there's just so much complexity to our brains and, and the way they work that it's hard. It's going to be a long process to figure it all out. 
I mean, we're leaps and bounds ahead of where we were at this time, and we still don't know hardly half of anything that we probably should. That's right, Chewie. <laughs> um, was there anything that maybe this movie made you think about outside of the movie? No. Like, things that it could relate to in real life? No? So that's what I mean. So that that's what themes are. Things that refer to real world, real world um, issues or concepts that they're like the arm wrestling and equality between men and women. You know, in 1975, that was a big, big thing, and it's still a big thing now, right, Sarah? Yeah. It's still a conversation that we have a lot of times. What do you think that is? I'm not sure. What do you think? Oh, what, 40, 45 years later, we're still having the same conversations. Either one of you can answer. Uh, maybe some people just want it to continue? It's a very real possibility. I think that is a lot of it. So what would people do to keep that conversation going? How would they frame the conversation? Mm, I don't know. Possible they could be framing the conversation in a way that a solution is very difficult to reach. And if you get people talking about one or two very specific things that are hard to overcome, they're not going to pay attention to the actual underlying factors. Because it, it, it is a little bit ridiculous sometimes. I mean, I can pull up cartoons that are... 80 years old that are still talking about issues that we're dealing with today and point out that some things are put into the media, put into the news cycles to keep us talking about those things and to keep us um, bickering with one another. This is a weird tangent to go off into. <laughs> but it's still happening because very few people get caught up in the actual discussion, in the actual conversation or argument, and don't pay enough attention to actual solutions, and they don't think beyond what they're given to think about. Make sense? Yeah. Um, let's see here. What was your favorite part of this movie? Uh, I liked the beginning with the show. The very beginning? The opening scenes? Yeah. With, uh... Helga? Yeah. Why'd you like that? I liked that she could see what was going on everywhere, what was going on around her, even though she can't actually see it, so we knew what was going on. Yeah. So what did you notice about that particular section of the movie? How did it start? Uh, curtains opening. It started with curtains opening. And then how did it end? With curtains closing. So what do you think that might be setting up with that scene. She's a person who professes to have psychic abilities, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what... You might have seen it in cartoons and maybe some other movies. What does the opening of a curtain indicate? That something's gonna start. That a show is beginning. A, a performance, right? Yeah. And then the curtain closing indicates... It's the ending. That the show is done. So... Back into our themes conversation, uh, a lot of people who claim to be psychics, um, some of them are frauds, many of them are frauds, 
and they will actually hire people to sit in the stands. You guys, have you guys seen Now You See Me? No. No? no? Okay. Um, but they'll pay people to sit in the audience, and they'll know exactly where they're sitting, and they'll do exactly what El uh, Helga does. Uh, you're... Excuse me. Hand is in your pocket, and you're holding keys. There's this many keys, and then like, yeah, you're right, and it gets the audience to buy into it. But what happens immediately after that? In the movie. Yeah, in the movie. Uh, she tells everybody what his name is. And then what? She freaks out because. Nope. Before um, that. Uh, the guy asks him if he knew her at all so the movie's calling that out right yeah it's saying hey this is a thing that happens and the curtain opening and closing i think is intentionally done to indicate the performative nature of what often happens with these situations does that make sense yeah yeah what about you robbie what was your favorite part uh when he discovers uh painting in the wall. Oh, when he's at the old house? Yeah. What'd you like about that? I liked that it was a picture of Carlos with the knife and his dad was there. Yeah? Yeah. Did you notice what happened after he left? Yeah. What happened? Uh, a piece of the wall fell off and it showed his mom's face. So, is that some foreshadowing then? Yeah. That Maybe Carlo's going to be perceived as a killer, but maybe he's not. So on that note, do you think things do you that 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 day? Do you think things were set up well in the movie? Uh, yes. Yeah. How so? Uh, because there's cars is standing beside a Christmas tree in the beginning, and in the picture there's a Christmas tree. I didn't actually notice that. Well, so in the very beginning, you don't actually see who the child is, right? Yeah. Yeah. You just see the knife fall, and then presumably children's feet step in? Yeah. I thought it was a girl. Right? So some more of that maybe ambiguity. Could it be a male? Could it be a female? And it's, what is that scene also setting up? Uh, her more oral for it, I guess. I don't know. What do you think, Robbie? I think Kamal for it. Well, it's setting up this tragedy, right? That is a big play for killers in movies. Like, uh, Billy from Scream. Doesn't he have trauma in his past? Yeah. Does mom leaving? Yeah. yeah. So trauma or tragedy or something is something that horror movies rely on for the killer to have a motive for doing stuff. Now, on that, do you think it still plays into Carlo's character that he's, that the tragedy, or that trauma has affected him? Yes. Because yeah. what's Carlos's, Carlo's biggest um, character aspect? What's he most known for in the movie? He's really drunk. He drinks a lot? He's an alcoholic? A lot of times when we have those repressed memories, it can lead us to um, relying on substances to 
to help us deal with that trauma, but we don't always know why we feel that way. We just know that we feel that way, and so we resort to doing these things. Uh, what are some other things that are set up pretty well? So how about the overall motive? What's the overall motive of the killer? Uh, that she didn't want to go to the hospital. And she's trying to cover up yeah. what actually happened. So why does she kill Helga? Because she knows what's happening. Because Helga saw the past and the future? Yeah. And then who does she kill next? I think it's the lady at the little stone house. I think it is Amanda. So why does she kill Amanda? I don't know. That scene might have been difficult to understand because he finds the picture of the house, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he calls Gianna. Yeah. And Gianna says, I have this information. Or no, he's telling Gianna that he has the information for Amanda, uh, I forget her last name, but the woman who gets killed in the tub. So Amanda has information that could lead to helping figure out what happened. Then who's next? The guy, not Mark, who went to the crime scene after they removed the body. So why is he killed? Because he figured out the name by turning on the hot water. Well, I don't know if he really got a name. He got some information. Yeah, so it. Um, pretty sure it was Italian for it was, but we don't get the rest of it. Um, so yeah, he figures out. So you, each murder is her just trying to cover her tracks. And then, and then her initial motive to stay out of the hospital. Yeah. Do you think there was good atmosphere in this movie? Yeah. Mm, yeah. In which ways? Uh, the record playing that Carlo put on in the very first scene. So like, I think the best one is when she kills Amanda. Because the lights are turned off, and there's the creepy music, and she's hiding in the closet. That was a really creepy scene, right? Yeah. When, <laughs> when we see her eyes. Her eyes. Yep. And there's a lot of noises happening, so Amanda's scared. And pretty decent tension-building scene, I think. I think it's the best one out of the movie, personally. I suppose we can wrap it up. Do you guys have anything else to... Uh understand how the hot water killed her because it was boiling hot so it was a combination well no because if she had drowned it she would have just died but it was um shock from being burned too much so did you notice how her face was getting more grotesque and covered in blisters and covered in blisters so it was the shock from too much heat um yeah Anything else? No. Uh, in the very first part, when uh, Carlo's mom is killing the dad, I noticed on the wall that there was a shadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Probably doing the stabbing or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. So that was Deep Red. Um, I think next time we'll watch Scream 2. And then after that, maybe Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Do us a favor. Sure, if you're enjoying, if you got this far and you enjoyed what you heard 
Although this episode is a little somber, maybe because of the movie. Maybe. <laughs> it's not a terribly exciting movie, but it is was still fun, right? Yeah. But uh, share it with somebody you think will enjoy it, as many people as you think will enjoy it. That would actually help us a lot more than just generic shares and stuff. Uh, what do you want him to? What do you want the conversation to be? Uh, favorite subgenre of horror. All right, there we go. If you're on the YouTube's, let us know what your favorite subgenre of horror is. You could even do it in your comments for a rate and review. If you're listening to the podcast version, that would also be helpful. Uh, do do do. Also. If you're into tabletop gaming, we have another channel, Weird Cat Gaming, on YouTube. Go check that out, because that should be up and running by now. I know it will be up and running, because I published, or I scheduled the video to publish. I think that's all. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Toodles. Bye.